720 WGN. If there's one thing this city does well, it is food. And <laughs> one of the restaurants that does it the best is Sepia in Chicago. And the executive chef is Chef Andrew Zimmerman. Andrew, thanks for joining us. How are you today? I'm real good. Thanks for having me. We kind of celebrate food here on Fridays, although we got off into the whole tent city and the migrant issue. And that's something that, you know, I feel you you might know a little about. Tell me about the State Department inviting you to join the American Chefs Corps um, serving our country in a diplomatic capacity. That's That's serious business. Tell me what that's about. That is serious business, although I will tell you that, to be perfectly honest, that um, it was a very nice thing to be recognized for. I got a very nice trip to Washington, D.C. with several other chefs from around the country, um, but not very much really beyond that was ever asked of us in terms of actual uh, hardcore work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I would be very open to and available for if the State Department needed me to do anything, but they never really asked for much other than, hey, do you want to do this? <laughs> Which I said, absolutely, sure. Um, and you go to D.C. and you're like, wait, it moves as slowly I as did, I thought yeah. it I, did. I went to a cocktail party. Yeah, apparently. yeah, gosh. Uh, well, I went to D.C. for a cocktail party. I love your honesty. Um, <laughs> well, uh, so, so let's learn about your background. Everything I read says in the 20s you wanted to be a rock star. You know, you're a musician. You have to work in kitchens in order to make a go of it and pay rent and feed yourself. And and, and then you're like, hey, I, I kind of like the kitchen atmosphere. But now that you are a rock star chef in Chicago, there's still a performance art to it, right? It's your job to entertain the guests through food. Uh, yes, there is certainly um, an element of of entertainment and an element of um, spectacle, I guess, that people expect from fine dining restaurants. Um and and I enjoy that, but I think that really, at the end of the day, both of my restaurants, and Sepia in particular, is really very hospitality-focused in terms of trying to give the guests the best experience that they can. And although I am charming, a lot of my time standing around at the table blathering on about what kind of Berblanc sauce is on your salmon um, is probably not really what they want. I think what they want most of the time is to kind of like uh, – really, really lovely service and delicious food that we try to prepare for them. And um, once in a while, people ask me to go talk to them at a table or I'll have to speak in front of a group of people. We did a wine dinner here last night and, you know, I I discussed the menu with them and answered some questions. So they get a little bit of that sort of, you know, entertainment facet from me. But my focus is really on trying to make sure that the food and the service is as good as it can be all the time. Right. And I know you've earned Sepia a Michelin star every year since 2011. And you cannot do that without the people who serve the food and who surround you in the kitchen. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're very fortunate to have uh, an extremely talented staff at Sepia. Um, some of the some of the team have been with us since we opened the restaurant 16 years ago. There's a, There are a couple of servers that have been here um, since the beginning and um, the kitchen staff currently my chef de cuisine uh, Kyle Cottle is doing a really terrific job he came over to us from Blackbird a couple of years ago and he's super talented and very organized and works real hard and um, our sous chefs are terrific our pastry chef is doing a great job there are a lot of people 
that um, and there's a bunch of line cooks and prep cooks and dishwashers mm-hmm. and there's just a number of people uh, behind the scenes that are making your dinner experience um, as seamless and as good as if we can possibly make it, you know, and they all deserve a lot of credit for doing that. Chef Andrew Zimmerman is with us from Sepia. Chef, what are the three tools that you could not, if I, if you had to limit it to three things to have with you in the kitchen, what could you not live without? Um, okay, well, I guess we'll limit it to, are we talking about, because like one thing I'd say is like, well, I need some kind of heat source, so we can't counting that. No, 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 you don't have to count that. Talking, like normal tools. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, I would say, obviously, I'd say you need a good chef's knife. I would be, if I had to limit it to one knife, I'd go with a chef's knife. Um, do you use Japanese knives? I do, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. I transitioned to Japanese knives probably 20 years ago or more. Okay. Um, and I've gone through a lot of them over the years, and I have some that I, I have continued to gravitate towards and really like. So Japanese chef's knife, um, one thing which is a surprisingly inexpensive tool that has tons of applications and is really good to have is a metal cake tester. Mm. You'll find in professional kitchens, we use them a lot because it's a great way of gauging doneness. Um, We learn how to like tell if a piece of fish is cooked by sticking a cake tester into it and gauging the amount of like the temperature of the, the metal. It's sort of like a very, very um, primitive thermometer in that way. Hmm. But it leaves such a tiny hole that you're able to, like, temp meats and temp fish. You can check and see if a vegetable's done. It's like an incredibly useful tool that costs about $1.98. Wow. And and really allows you to um, get a feel for what's happening with the cooking of the product. So chef's knife, cake tester, and a spoon. And a spoon. That sounds corny, but, like, yeah, spoon you can stir just about anything you can portion just about anything you can sauce just about anything um a a good size bigger than a a standard tablespoon probably something that would hold maybe like a spoon that was big enough to hold two tablespoons to three tablespoons something like that would be like really an indispensable tool if i only had three i'd probably go with those and if somebody walks into cbo or they're lucky enough to get a reservation in the next month or so what is the one thing that they should not leave without trying uh, I would say probably um, at the moment, what would I say right now? Um, the king crab chowder that we have on. We have a chilled king crab chowder with smoked corn, finger lime, uh, chili crisp, which is really, it's like we're getting the, the last of the season just at the end, the, the tail end of the season of um, local sweet corn. And then yeah. we smoke that. We actually take the corn over to my other restaurant, Proxy, and we smoke it over the wood fire grill at Proxy and then turn that into um, a nice smoky corn chowder that's topped off with pieces of um, Alaskan king crab. Oh and it's, it's, a, it's a real good end of the season for corn dish. I've got like uh, 30 seconds left. Where's a mom and pop restaurant that you would pop into when you leave your restaurant or on a Saturday when you're hanging out with your family? <laughs> well, I guess that'd be more of a Sunday or Monday when I'm hanging out. With oh, my that's family, right. But, you're Yeah, Saturday um, you're working all day. <laughs> sure. Um, I would say I go to Annapurna a lot, which is a little Indian restaurant, an Indian vegetarian restaurant at the corner of Devon and Rockwell um, uh, up on like the, the Devon strip and it's it's close to my house and the food's really tasty 
and reasonably priced and consistent. That's and, lovely. Uh, I really like it there. Very nice to meet you. Thank you so much for jumping on our show today. For sure. Thanks so much for having me. Chef Andrew Zimmerman of Sepia and Proxy. It's a Foodie Friday that continues after Steve's news next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.